Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. We are your hosts, James and Anthony. Today we will be talking about Elvis, Baz Luhrmann's latest film. Hello, movie friends. Let's get into Elvis. James and I saw this film a few days ago, and we loved it. I was absolutely floored by Austin Butler as Elvis. I think he's the best on-screen Elvis we've ever seen. Boz Lerman's energetic direction was visually stunning and very creative. I think all in all, it was an excellent biopic. I left the theater having newfound love for Elvis. I loved Elvis's music for the last several years, and I just really fell in love with this uh, picture. Yeah, I was blown away and floored, uh, specifically by Austin Butler in this movie. He was tremendous as Elvis. On Rotten Tomatoes, Elvis is sitting at a 78% critic score and 94% audience score. And on IMDb, Elvis is at a 7.8. Boz Lerman, obviously very accomplished and skilled director. His movies are very unique in that they're very fast and and the editing is quick so this movie like all of his movies are kind of just like you got to gear in and get ready and get used to the speed and the momentum because it's a ball that does not stop rolling that's his style that's what's always worked for him in his career and this movie just takes that to a whole new level it's very fast and you know there's a lot to cover where we're starting with elvis from we get glimpses of his childhood but then going into his young adolescence adulthood being a, a huge famous star and obviously towards the end of his career and his ultimate death and i think one of the great strengths of this movie and this interpretation of elvis which we really haven't had like a, a great movie about elvis before haven't no um was showing his roots and the 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 influence of his music in memphis from a lot of black recording artists, a lot of black musicians, and the, the Beale, culture, the culture, yeah. the Beale Street culture, and just putting a lot of that into the story, which was super effective. I found new things about Elvis that I didn't know before, especially all the racial tensions and how he was almost getting arrested for his style of music and his style of dancing on stage, his style of clothing, which we've heavily influenced from the Beale Street world and. And also just the issues that were started and then him going off to war versus going to prison. There were some things that I wish there were a little more of in terms of seeing Elvis like learn music and learn guitar and more. I wish there were some more like long takes of him, of Austin Butler singing and playing because of all the cutting, it bounces around. And Austin did his own singing. Yeah, because yeah. Austin nailed the performance. I know there are a lot of people complaining out there that like, oh, he looks nothing like Elvis. Like, we're not going to find someone who looks exactly like Elvis. Yeah, a lot of people think that Miles Teller would have looked more like Elvis, but it's, he's an actor. He's playing a role. He can, yeah, he they, can, yeah. They did a pretty good job making him seem look like Elvis. He's got the high cheekbones. He's got the great hair, and he pulled it off. And I think he just nailed the performance. And we've we've been uh, talking about Austin Butler for about a year now. You know, he was great in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That was like his first big role in and, movies. In movies, yeah. and then obviously he was cast in this, but. They filmed so long ago, and we've been waiting for it to come out. It finally got released. I believe they filmed in 2019, 2020. And then he's going to be in Dune, and he's, he's been cast as one of the main villains in Dune Part 2. So this kid's about to blow up this year, and deservedly so. Yeah, I thought that on-screen Elvises, they've always just been like two on the nose, and they oftentimes just mainly depict the Vegas Elvis. It, 
very the caricature of him. Yeah, the character because we grew when when we when I grew up, I always pictured, I always connected Elvis with Vegas. That was what I thought Elvis was. And then in my mid twenties, I began learning about his music, and I discovered his old music, and then discovered his roots and how he really changed the culture of American music and popular culture. And his his old albums are really amazing. And then he got into the Vegas act, and then that's what he became really known for. But I grew up just thinking, always connecting Elvis to Vegas. And this film did an excellent job of showing where he came from, showing what inspired him, what influenced him, uh, the musicians that had a huge impact on his sound, on his style. And Austin Butler, I think, just transcended the screen. Uh, I love actors playing musicians, and, you know, Rami Malek was great as Freddie Mercury, um, but he didn't do the singing. And that's always something for me that I think if you're going to play a musician, I it's not vital and it's not necessary, but I also think it adds to the performance if you can actually do the singing. And Austin Butler did all the singing for this, and there's actual behind-the-scenes videos of, of him singing. His audition was him singing a, a rendition of an Elvis song to Baz Luhrmann over Skype and Zoom. Um, Taron Edgerton did all of his singing in Rocket Man. Uh, but most of the time... Most biopics, they aren't doing the actual sing. But I think that it's even more impressive if, if you can not only sing, but to sound exactly like Elvis. Because Taron, he sang in his own style. He didn't sing like Elton John. He's, he made it his own, which is really great. And I love that too. But Austin, like when he's singing, I'm like, in performing, I'm like, that's Elvis. I mean, he really captured Elvis's essence on stage. Uh, the performance, how the man moved, how his body just contorted and and he had a unique style of singing, and his singing, his voice changed from when he was doing um, like Hound Dog to when he was doing his later hits that of the music that he primarily wrote in his uh, later years, uh, because most of his early music was co- were covers. Uh, and so Butler not only captured how he sang, but how his voice changed over time as a singer. And and there's just so much to it, so much energy, uh, the charisma, the cool. Elvis is one of the coolest guys to ever live, and. When El- when Austin Butler is just staring down the lens and he has the wardrobe on and the the black hair, it's like he emanated that coolness that Elvis had that no other performer, no other actor has been able to capture on screen. And I think that this is the definitive portrait and portrayal of Elvis. So with uh, Rami Malek and Bohemian Rhapsody, they actually had a vocalist singer named Mark Martell who did Freddie Mercury's singing and the singing for the film. Yeah. And, and it's nothing against Rami. It's nothing against yeah. Rami because the thing— That's how most biopics are. Well, the thing with Freddie Mercury is because his voice is so unique and he was so beyond talented, yeah. this guy. Also, a lot of like scientists believe he was able to sound the way he did also because— of his jawline shape, he had he had a, he had like a different sized jawline. And his, and his teeth, large teeth. So yeah. like a lot of things like that that were innate with Freddie Mercury helped make him sound so unique. And you never heard a voice like that before. So I think it would have been almost impossible to have some like an actor replicate that versus Mark Martell, who is he's like the lead of a of a Queen cover, cover band. band. Yeah, yeah. And there's even like a really famous clip, a viral clip of him and the bandmates to like doing covers on like a random piano in public. So mm-hmm. that's actually the guy who did the voice for Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody for the movie. But you're right, Austin Butler, man, this guy just dived into this role so much. And obviously everyone's talking about how his voice changed, which it is what it is. You know, actors' voices change, especially when a lot of people go super method or, or part method and 
you know, you're, you're living with a voice for months on end. And I, in this film, they went from they were filming then they had to take a hiatus because of COVID. Then they went back to filming. So he was probably doing the voice of Elvis for like a year, year and a half straight, like in his personal life and working. And I'm sure some of that just got imprinted on him. But and, also maybe the, the actual shape of his vocal cords changed. Maybe. I mean, it's not like he's doing an Elvis impersonation impersonation in his interviews. I'm sure that. I'm sure maybe his voice just actually changed during the process. The, the same kind of thing happened in like Johnny Depp, where Johnny Depp doesn't even really sound like fully American anymore a lot mm. of the time. He kind of has like the Jack Sparrow like vocals, which yeah. is because he did that character for so long, so many times for so many hours that you know it kind of st- becomes a part of you. And so I think that people need to chill out with the fact that Austin Butler might not completely look like Elvis, and now that he kind of sounds like Elvis, it's just. Chill, I think they're chill, ma- a little jealous that chill he's, out, he's on top of the world right now. And, Who uh, cares? So, so Austin Butler, I think, is obviously the greatest strength of this film. And Tom Hanks is excellent as Colonel Tom Parker. Like I said, I learned so much about Elvis and his story through this film that I, I didn't even know about this guy, Colonel Tom Parker. I didn't know that he had a 50-50 hold on all of the earnings of Elvis and that he basically trapped him in Las Vegas and is one of the main contributing factors to Elvis. Got him addicted to pills. Addicted to pills and basically, basically being a prisoner and dying at 42. I knew he died young. I didn't know he was 42 years old when he died. He had a very tragic like last several Which years is shocking yeah. and and i think tom was excellent and the prosthetics were great i just think it, there was maybe a little too much colonel tom parker because it's an it's, it's an elvis movie but it felt more like a colonel tom parker movie especially because he does a lot of the narrating in this movie so yeah i thought it was an odd choice for having approach colonel yeah. parker doing the voiceover and the storytelling and the script was done by boz lerman sam bromel and craig pierce I think maybe a little more of Elvis's side of things in storytelling, maybe not doing voiceover necessarily, but a, a lot of the perspective was coming from Colonel Tom Parker. And I think we need a little a little less Colonel and a little more Austin as, as Elvis, and maybe a little more Priscilla, because Priscilla just kind of seemed just like in and out, in and out, yeah. in and out, didn't really get a feel for her or her character yeah. or the impact she had on his life. But I mean, other than that, I think they did a terrific job of this movie. There's so much to get in, and there's only so much you can when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply keep into the movie when you're telling a two and a half hour story of one of the most exciting human beings to ever live in American history yeah and I agree I think there was too much kernel and it is a fascinating part of Elvis's story but I thought I thought it was strange to approach it through his point of view that's basically the story's point of view is Parker's point of view he's narrating from beginning from start to start to finish it's odd it was odd that the first the first and final images of you see of the movie are of Colonel Parker albeit the final image is a split screen of both Parker and Elvis which is important because it shows how both these men created Elvis you know what I mean so I thought I I like the final shot being them sharing the screen. But I mean the first it is strange to open with Colonel and have him narrate everything. But it's it's the approach that Boz Lerman chose. I don't know if that was the initial idea. Maybe once they got Tom involved, they were like, we need to give Tom more screen time. I'm not sure. But that being said, <clears throat> there definitely needs to, there definitely should have been more character development for important figures in Elvis's life. His parents are kind of in and out as well. The last hour they're not really around other than just a couple of bits here and there. 
Uh, I would have liked to see his time in the military. I think that's a fascinating facet to Elvis's history. Um, but they just showed him in his uniform in America, like after serving overseas. But it is it is it is what it is. Boz instead chose to focus on um, major moments of Elvis's life as well as his most iconic performances on stage and on television, which are really great. <clears throat> uh, the performances are unbelievable. My favorite my favorite sequence in the entire film is Elvis's first performance uh, on stage wearing his pink suit, and it's the first time anyone saw him perform live in front of a crowd, and it was funny. It was moving. It was just uh, inspiring and really entertaining uh, once he started shaking his hips and the girls the girls are just like uncontrollably screaming and they'll let out a whelp and they'll be like what was that like they don't even know what they're doing as they're screaming just when they see him shaking his hips and it was really funny and it was just really terrific butler i think one of the most important impressive aspects of his performance is not just the voice and the singing and and the dialogue the way he was able to both speak and sound like elvis when he was singing but the physicality of Elvis, he was a very unique performer for his time. He changed the way musicians moved on stage. And Butler really captured his essence, the way he moved. This like energy that just filled Elvis, not just the the bendy legs and the hip moving, but just like the guy would just be like shaking with energy because he put 150% into every performance he ever did, which made him so legendary. And it, it was just wonderful seeing these performances captured on screen, and they felt like I was watching Elvis for real. Yeah, but also the physicality was incredible, and the dancing was great, but they showed the roots of where Elvis, that came from. And, you know, that great sequence with the musician Alton Mason, who, who, who Alton Mason plays when Elvis is going back to Beale Street to see B.B. King because he needs to get away from everything because everyone's driving him crazy. But showing the roots of where that style of music, the style of dancing, the, the style and the aesthetic and the clothing, the hair... The suits, where it came from on Beale Street and those great musicians. And to show that in the film was really important, I think, and to keep off, to keep truth to Elvis and how Elvis was a bridge, you could say, between these two cultures, between white culture and black culture back then. Because even at the concert at the, at the baseball stadium, there's a rope tying off between where black people can stand and white people can stand. And when Elvis just finally, like, he becomes himself on stage versus being held down and caged down by, by the, the people controlling him, and the, the rope barrier doesn't matter anymore. Everyone's dancing with each other. So it shows a great way of how Elvis was a bridge between two cultures and how important that was because we probably wouldn't be where we are today without Elvis Presley. Yeah, characters like this, like men and women like this. And there was so much energy to the filmmaking. Uh, Boz made great use of transitions. Uh, he's excellent with CGI. He, he sprinkles in CGI all over the place, and you wouldn't even know it. Uh, the way he blends together moments. Also, lots of uses of split screen, which I really loved. It was just really creative. He, he threw like everything but the kitchen sink at the screen, and it, it, I think I love seeing that. Like every kind of technique you can do in filmmaking, he basically did in this movie. Yeah, it's he's so, so creative. Yeah, just so the first vibrant. five minutes is yeah. so creative with Colonel Parker and what's going on in his mind, especially at that point of his life, and then combining the aesthetic of Vegas but doing it in a very Boz Lerman way. Yeah. Uh, great cameo also by Gary Clark Jr., the great musician, rock star, who plays Arthur Big Boy Crudup in this movie. But overall, I thought this movie was very exciting. I think it was maybe a little too long. It was about two hours and 40 minutes, maybe dragged a little bit. But again, you have to try to fit so much of this man's story, this important figure in American culture, into one movie, especially when Boz Lerman and the style they went with this movie, it's kind of like, seems just like a giant compilation of Elvis' And also life. it has like a surrealist quality to it. Yeah, it's yeah very, at the same it's, time. 
well, I think what Boz was doing, he didn't want to do the traditional biopic. He didn't want it to be boring. He didn't want it to be just like super serious. He wanted to capture, I think what he was doing, he was capturing the entertainment value that Elvis had on stage onto the screen and it the entire time. It was, it was unrelenting. It was so energetic and so it was so bombastic visually. I think he just wanted to do something fresh for the biopic that we're used to. Yeah, overall, very solid cast as well. Uh, we had, obviously, Tom Hanks as Tom Parker, Dacre Montgomery, all you Stranger Things fans, Billy, uh, he's in this movie. He plays a TV producer. Uh, then we have Olivia Dejong, Dejong, Olivia Dejong, D-E-J-O-N-G-E. How do you pronounce that last name? I don't know. I have no um, idea. She plays Priscilla You're Presley. You're doing great, though. Coyce McPhee's in this movie as oh, yeah, well. Yeah, He's yeah. been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Luke Bracey, Jerry Schilling, and then obviously we had uh, Gary Clark Jr., like I said. We had Natasha Bassett showed up. B.B. King was played by Kelvin Harrison Jr. And also uh, David Wenham as Hank Snow, who we all re- 300, remember from 300, the narrator, the, the narrator of, the sh- of the movie. Yeah. He's in this movie as well. So excellent cast. Everyone gave great performances. Yeah, I really liked this movie a lot. Um, I would give it, I, I gave it a four out of five. I really thought it was terrific and dynamic and just really refreshing to see on screen. I think it could have been uh, an unbelievable, great, great, great movie. Uh, but because of the things we pointed out, it just missed the mark. But I think it's the best thing we've seen of Elvis ever done on film. By far. Mm-hmm. And if you love Elvis, if you love Boz Lerman, if you love music biopics, go see this as soon as possible. Visually stunning. I mean, it'll yeah. probably get nominated and maybe win awards like production design, set design, yeah. wardrobe. Actor. Um, I think Austin Butler has a real shot at best at lead, lead actor. Lead actor yeah. for sure. Possible directing nomination. I don't know about screenplay, but I mean, it's just it's just a very, very well-made movie, highly stylized like Boz's movies. And I mean, if you're going to have a director take on Elvis, he's obviously an excellent choice to show that the, the, the story of probably the first rock star of all time in American history, because yeah. you could say Frank Sinatra was the first pop star, but Elvis is clearly yeah. the first rock star. Great point. Yeah. He definitely is the first solo rock star. Absolutely. And yeah, it's excellent job. And hopefully y'all get a chance to see it. It's doing very well at the box office. And again, we think this is a huge star-making role for Austin Butler because he's doing this. And then he's going into filming Dune Part 2 next month, playing Fight Rotha, the nephew of Baron Harkonnen. Very excited. Let's go. So this guy, he's about to blow up. And again, he's very talented. And, and you're going to see... That you know, I the my my biggest con is I, I just wanted more, more Austin, yeah. more Austin Butler yeah. in draw in longer scenes yeah. as Elvis, yeah. so that you get a better feel of how how great of an actor he is. Not yeah. that you can't see it, but like because again, Boz works he very had, fast, he had cuts little, very he didn't fast. Have that much dialogue. Not th- yeah. he's got a lot of dialogue. Dialogue, just the scenes are so short and yeah. so fast that it's like he has like five lines here, new scene, five lines yeah. here, new scene, three lines here, new scene. So it's very quick, very chopped up. It's his style of filmmaking, his style of storytelling, it works. And they pulled it off. Great job. Take care, y'all. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.